Good morning and welcome to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, Wednesday hump day, September the 21st. A lot going on in baseball right now. There's a couple uh, records set last night as Mr. Aaron Judge hits number 60, a 427-foot shot. And, uh, you know, it's amazing, Jeff, and kind of not uh, being talked about a lot, even though they're talking uh, home runs. Uh, he's hitting 375 in September, and he's got a really good chance of winning the Triple Crown right now. And, you know, um, they put up a stat yesterday during the game. Uh, he's done this through 147 games. You know, there That's is right. a, there is a lot made of... Yeah, the one, the sixty-one in nineteen sixty-one, a hundred and sixty-second game of the year. Uh, uh, but uh, he's seven ahead of Babe Ruth, That's seven right. games ahead, tied with Babe Ruth, sixty, but seven ahead as far as number of games. Yeah, I think he's got fifteen games left or so in that point. So uh, if uh, maybe he can hit sixty-two in the next, uh, uh, what, what we're looking at, uh, maybe six or seven games, eight games. Uh, Maybe Ford Frick, uh, the talk <laughs> of the asterisk will go away forever. And and basically, uh, Ford Frick was Babe Ruth's ghostwriter. And a ghostwriter essentially is someone that writes stories uh, about the player but doesn't submit his name and uh, as being the writer of the article. And Frick was uh, Ruth's ghostwriter back in the late 20s, early 30s. And uh, and when, he's, when he was appointed the third commissioner in baseball in 51, I do believe, uh, as uh, Maris was nearing that mark, he got together with some sports writers up in New York, and they decided that uh, they needed to put an asterisk on Roger Maris's home run record because he didn't do it in 154 games back then. So uh, unbelievable and Faye Vincent took away that uh, There could be asterisks all over record books if you're going to do uh, the dead ball error, the lively ball error, right. uh, the steroid <laughs> error. Uh, I think a steroid error would come into play a lot more. Anyway, uh, with that, so uh, Aaron Judge hits number 60 last night and uh, it's, gets the Yankees off in the top of the uh, – or in the ninth inning where uh, – uh, they come back to win the game on a grand slam, scoring five runs in the ninth inning to uh, win the ball game. Yeah, uh, Giancarlo Stanton uh, delivering there. And a yeah, nice story uh, to uh, judge, obviously, uh, uh, was happy to hit that home run, but knew uh, the game was far from over at that point, too. That's right. Didn't, didn't really celebrate his home run until he got to celebrate Giancarlo's home run, too. That's right. That's right. And uh, leads the leads major league not only in homers, but in RBIs, and now has, uh, because of an 0-4 night against someone that was ahead of him by just the slimmest of margins in the batting race, uh, he's got a chance for, the way he's hitting the ball right now and seeing the ball, he's got a chance to win the Triple Crown, be the first Yankee since Mickey Mantle did it in 1956 when he led the league in homers, uh, batting average, and RBIs. So, uh Interesting. I'll see how that go. Late last night out on the West Coast, Albert Pujols doesn't hit a home. It goes two for three, but the cards get shut out, as I was mentioning to Jeff off the air. They're not hitting the ball right now, and they do have a uh, – I think the Brewers were beaten yesterday uh, by the Yankees. And uh, so we'll see how uh, that's all going to line up uh, in the last – oh, what are we look, talking about, Jeff? You mentioned 15 games left approximately, give or take a few games. New York, by the way, beat – Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, they, that's they right. They played Milwaukee over the weekend. That's what I'm thinking. Anyway, the, 
The um, Cardinals uh, still have a nice lead over the uh, Brewers, I think seven and a half, uh, somewhere in there, seven games. So uh, anyway, uh, later on during this broadcast of Bayou Sports, have a couple of high school football coaches on to talk about uh, their games this past week. We'll have Artie Lauza with uh, Delcom head coach at 730 and Rick Hudson of Highland Baptist, uh, the Bears, coming on at uh, 745. Uh, Jeff? Meanwhile, uh, some of the surprises in the uh, National Football League right now, the Giants and the Eagles are both playing good football. Of course, the Eagles routed the Vikings uh, Monday night football, 24-7. The Giants, who would have thought they'd be 2-0 right now? Yeah, they're not exactly winning huge. They're not exactly beating uh, top teams. They're, they're kind of winning ugly, but uh, they're, they're winning. And that's, that's right. uh, huge. You know, it's just... Um, winning games in the NFL is not that easy. No. Uh, it, you know, the, the better teams in football show it uh, more so, say, the better teams in other sports. Uh, true. Uh, but, but, again, it's, it's big to win in the NFL, no matter what. I, I agree with you. And uh, whatever game you play, it's, uh, it's important, especially if you can win some, take some on the road. Uh, that's what's so important with regards to uh, high school, uh, not high, even high school football for that matter, but the NFL, you, uh, it's, it's tough to win on the road. And uh, road teams usually, you can play 500 on the road and win the majority of your games at home. You, you're going to win 10, 11 games in the National Football League each year. And yeah. uh, that's come to uh, fruition for many teams. So uh, anyway, uh over in the NFC, of course, the uh, Bucks are two and zero. Also, in the NFC, and uh, the Cowboys are playing pretty well right now. You know, they lose nineteen to three to to the Buccaneers, but they come back to win, uh, and uh, with a backup quarterback who looked pretty good too, Jeff. No, no doubt about it. And again, you know, the opportunity uh, exists for um, him to. Uh, Show some people what he can do uh, for future uh, opportunities once uh, he is relegated back to the bench. Yeah, and uh, that's that's going to take place. It's uh, you hate to uh, you feel for the young man, but uh, Dak Prescott is the Cowboys' starting quarterback and uh, will be until supplanted by someone else in that regard. So uh, anyway, saw a nice article. I mentioned it to you as I was um, looking up some other stories. Uh, about uh, uh, how the Baltimore Ravens, uh, Justin Tucker became one of the all-time uh, great kickers, and uh, that Drew Brees' mom had an input in that regard. And uh, I'm not sure how that transpired, uh, but Tucker's accuracy is over 90% and uh, the best in NFL history, not only the most accurate, but he's also the best high-pressure in situations, converted 59 straight field goals in the fourth quarter, including a 51-yard Sunday uh, in Miami in overtime, which uh, is the longest active street in the league and includes an NFL record 66-yard last season in the closing moments of a 1917 win at Detroit. And, uh, of course, uh, Tom Dempsey, 63, back in 70, in November of 70. And then the, the kicker from Denver, I think, broke that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't recall the kicker in Denver's name, at Elam maybe. Was it Elam? Jason Elam. Yeah, uh, with a 64-yarder, I do believe, until uh, Mr. Tucker's 66-yarder last year. And uh, I can remember in the papers 
the Saints were playing the Lions that afternoon in O'Tulane Stadium. And uh, when Dempsey lined up from the negative 37-yard line, because the goalposts then were on the end zone. Yeah. And uh, and Alex Karras, after the game, they interviewed him about the kick and all. He said, I thought he was kicking it to the wrong goalpost. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was 13 yards in back of the 50-yard line. So uh, when Dempsey hit his kick. But in the meantime, uh, I, I didn't see the reasoning uh, Tucker – uh, uh, was involved with uh, um, Drew Brees' mom. Did you see the, the yeah, I, I ending saw of the, that? I saw the same headline. I didn't uh, open it up, and now I'm having trouble finding it. Uh, but it was uh, in one of my folders this morning. Well, uh, it, in that regard, I think uh, Tucker's father is a, uh, I want to say, a cardiologist. And uh, here, here we go. It's, oh, it's, okay. Boy, I, I don't know how I missed it, but... Uh, this is from ESPN.com. Uh, there will be added significance to the pregame routine of Ravens kicker Justin Tucker on Sunday in Foxborough, as he has done before every game in practice since college. Tucker will finish his warm-ups with a kick from the right hash mark, 48 yards out. It was from that exact distance 20 years ago that Tucker's idol, Adam Vinatieri, kicked a last-second field goal to lift the Patriots to their first Super Bowl win uh, in New Orleans against the Rams, 20-17, the final. Tucker remembers watching that game as a 12-year-old, but it took him a few years after he found his passion for kicking to really appreciate the magnitude of the moment. I'll always say of that moment, the game was tied. Yes, you know, that's they, right. They weren't losing at the last second. That uh, is correct. You know, but, but but anyway, still, it was a huge kick. Uh, no, no doubt about that. Tucker learned about Vinatieri through Doug Blumens, a personal kicking coach who helped Vinatieri transform from an unknown out of South Dakota State into a Super Bowl legend with four rings now. When Tucker wanted to fully commit to being a kicker in high school, his family tracked down Blevins, who noticed one key similarity. They both want to be on the stage. They both want to be that guy. Uh, and I'm trying to... Okay, uh, those who have known Tucker since he was a child are not surprised. They've seen his confidence, fuel his ability to thrive in the spotlight, whether it was a fifth-grade talent show, game-winning penalty kick in high school, or a singing audition for acceptance into, and I think this is uh, what we're going to learn here, University of Texas Butler School of Music. That's right. The first... Uh, of many challenges was convincing his mother Michelle to let him play football and the person who helped him achieve that goal was of all people Drew Brees' stepmother uh, she says I equate him to Mariano Rivera Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods uh, according to Ravens special teams coach Randy Brown who's been on the sideline practice field for every one of Tucker's kick uh, there are guys who want to want the ball at the end of the game and the end of the tournament just in his ability to focus and his need for the ball at the end of the game, really what sets him apart from others. But I'm, I'm trying to look to see if they reference uh, Drew Brees' stepmother again, but I don't see any reference to it. Uh, All right. So anyway, but, uh, but, but he does give her credit. Well, l- listen to this. Tucker was a communications major when he uh, started at the University of Texas, and he found out uh, broadcast journalism wasn't for him, so Tucker had a love of music and even taught himself how to play the guitar while watching YouTube videos. <laughs> so he set his sights on the Butler School of Music at Texas, and it, which required four months of singing lessons with a graduate student before his audition. 
Anyway, to get admitted, Tucker had to stand on stage and sing in front of uh, three faculty judges and belted out the impossible dream. Tucker majored in uh, recording technology at Texas and studied under a professor who was a renowned opera singer. Tucker's repertoire included singing in seven different languages, English, Spanish, French, and German, along with Italian, Latin, and Russian. And uh, uh, to me, that would have been, I think that's where he gets his uh, uh, stamina from uh, the pressure situations, singing uh, The Impossible Dream, and also singing in seven different languages in front of faculty. So uh, anyway, uh, Tucker, uh, renowned uh, field goal kicker with the Ravens, and uh, University of Texas graduate, so uh, he went undrafted, signed with the Ravens as, after Coach John Harbaugh chose him over incumbent Benny Cuntiff uh, following the preseason competition, and uh, he finished school early, explained to Texas graduates his art takes place on the football field, his field goal operation from the snap to the hole to the kick, and to me, in just those 1.3 seconds lies that cardiac beauty, so... Uh, Anyway, uh, Tucker, 66-yard uh, field goal. Didn't didn't realize that. Uh, forgot about that 66-yard mm-hmm. field goal being the longest one in NFL oh, yeah. history. And uh, amazing, though. Uh, three seconds left. Uh, Ravens trailing. Tucker went through his normal routine and uh, split the uprights. He had. Uh, he said he remembered it was short on a 65-yard attempt before. And uh, it crow hopped over the years. So uh, anyway, Justin Tucker. I did uh, find another quote from Drew Brees' mom. Uh, okay. She, she, uh, his stepmom, too, you yeah, mentioned. Right, right, right. Um, he, uh, his mom really wanted him to focus on soccer, saying, you're so good. Michelle wasn't giving in until she had lunch with Amy Hightower Brees, again, the stepmother of Drew. Westlake High School can boast two alums who are likely headed to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Tucker and Drew Brees, Amy, Drew's stepmother. She said, oh, good God, woman, let him play. She said, there's tons of pad. He's so much more protected than soccer. Just let him play. Yeah, just you're right. But he was quite a good soccer player. Yeah. Anyway, also uh, in that regard, I don't know if we'd mentioned this yesterday, but... uh, you know, Mr. Uh, Evans did get a one-game suspension. Yeah, we did talk about he that. Did, he's trying to appeal it, but there was also... Uh, Drew and uh, Tom Brady uh, whining about it. But, yeah. But again, that's what you got to do as a teammate. Uh, you got to say that, True. even if you don't believe it. I know if he were blindsided like that, he'd be the first one oh, calling for a long man. suspension. Oh, absolutely. And uh, also, they're still looking at those... Uh, from what I understand, the league is still looking at some of those uh, tapes from that game. And I'm not so sure some uh, other things uh, uh, are going to come out uh, in that regard. You're right about that. So uh, we'll see how that's all going to take place in that regard. But meanwhile, the Giants and the Eagles are two and zero, along with uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, I can't think of anybody else, uh, uh, Jeff, in the uh, NFC that uh, that's undefeated. Uh, uh, other than Tampa Bay, the Eagles, and the Giants over in the AFC. Of course, you've got the Miami, the, the Dolphins, uh, Buffalo, of course, uh, who kind of separated themselves in Kansas City, or the uh, undefeated teams over on the AFC side. So uh, uh, some interesting matchups this weekend. And uh, in the league, you got, uh, uh, I believe, the Packers taking on uh, – I, I, I want to say the Packers are playing uh, – Oh, man, I went blank here. Uh, Tampa Bay, excuse me. Tampa Bay, uh, in Tampa Bay, too. And Aaron Rodgers has his issues with the Packers, too. 
uh, 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 or with Tampa Bay, I should say. And, and Brady uh, has got a pretty good record going. Of course, the Monday night game, Dallas and the Giants, I guess uh, we'll find out really how good the Giants are uh, as Dallas heads to New York to play that game. Elsewhere, uh, the Saints, of course, journey to Carolina. We'll see if uh, Jameis Winston can get back on track against uh, Carolina's 0-2. Saints come in, a three-point pick, 40-and-a-half is over and under. Uh, the fan favorites on inside uh, say the Saints, but uh, uh, we'll have to wonder and see, Jeff. So, anyway. You, you mentioned uh, the 2-0, and and, yeah, Eagles, Giants, the only 2-0 and teams in the NFC, but nobody is 0-2. Everybody has won at least one of their games so uh, far this year. You're right about that. So, um, Anyway, we have Coach Artie Lauza. No, I, I'm, I say that, and then I uh, I forget there's a, another division. Uh, two teams in the NFC South are 0-2, Panthers and the Falcons. Buccaneers 2-0 and as well. Okay. Anyway, uh, I know Coach Lauza, uh, uh, I think uh, we've got to yes. – hopefully we can get him on the line here uh, as our first coach here on uh, Bayou Sports. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and see if we can't line that up in, uh, in the momentary. Uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5, AM 1240. We'll be back with, hopefully, Cardi- Coach Artie Lauza right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs, so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to AnswerToPain.com. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. 
Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, hump day Wednesday, September 21st. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Delcom Panthers, uh, Coach Artie Laosa. Coach, uh, welcome to the show and uh, good morning. Good morning, guys. Yeah, Coach, uh, a win for you uh, against uh, – uh, I'm not, I'm not going to be uh, ugly to your father for the time there. As uh, the <laughs> Dalcom Panthers outshine the uh, John Paul uh, the second school up in Slidell, thirteen to nine game coach. And uh, why don't you uh, review a little bit? I know you were on uh, Saturday morning with Jeff, but uh, maybe a lot of our listeners uh, weren't available. Tell us uh, what took place in the game uh, against your dad, who I think was coaching the defensive line or the offensive line for. Uh, the team from Slidell. Yeah, he's, he's coaching their offensive line. Uh, you know, they came in, and I tell you, they were a lot bigger in person than than we thought they were on film. But uh, they play a ball control offense, power football uh, game, and um, they were able to eat a lot of the clock during the game. Uh, we we ended up going up seven to nothing, and I believe it was seven to six at halftime uh, score, and then they went up nine to. Nine to seven, at some point in the game, and in the fourth quarter, about probably about five and a half minutes left, we were able to punch in the go-ahead touchdown, and uh, you know we were able to do that with some good runs by Jackson Wiggins. He had over a hundred yards uh, rushing, and we had uh, two interceptions by uh, Trevor Viator and a, and a kickoff recovery by Trevor Viator, which really helped us out after that last touchdown. We we recovered a kickoff, and, and we were able to eat some more time off the clock. And, and by the time they got the ball back, they had less than two minutes to try to drive about 80 yards. And, and with that style of offense, that was just hard to do. We were able to hold them out of the end zone and secure the victory. Um, so it was a good effort. Um, Avery Dejan was a big part of the offensive and defensive line, a big part of stopping their offense on fourth downs because they went forward on fourth down a lot. And Avery did a good job of uh, tracking the ball down from the backside. So it was it was not an easy win, and, and it was not pretty, especially on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, a win's a win. You know, again, uh, describe for us uh, what it was like uh, game week. Uh, knowing you were coaching uh, up against your father and and the, the overall uh, feel of uh, having done it. And I know Saturday you expressed uh, probably not going to put them on the schedule again. Yeah, you know, of course we're going to play them next year, yeah. but after that we're probably done. But, uh, no, you know, it, it was different because uh, my dad and I talked every day, and, and, you know, I bounced things off of him. Of course, he's been coaching for 45 years. and You know, uh, obviously I wasn't able to talk to him about my opponent last week, and, and then during the game, he said it was miserable for him because he had this conflict of helping his team but, but didn't want his son to lose. So it was a weird dynamic for sure. But, uh, you know, I, I think we prefer to be on the same side, no doubt about that. And you have had those opportunities. Had you ever coached with him before Highland Baptist? I know he assisted you uh, for a few years there. Well, when I was in college, I would help him, you know, basically as an intern, not necessarily part of his staff, but I would be there and travel on game days and, and help with film stuff throughout the week. And then, then of course, uh, after he retired, he came and coached with me on, on my staff for three years at Highland Baptist. Very good. Got a Lake Arthur team uh, on the road Friday night. They beat Generette 13 to nothing. Uh, 
What do you know about Lake Arthur at this point? Well, they they are huge. They they have some giant defensive linemen. They have a middle linebacker who also carries the ball some. Who I'd love to know how tall and how big he is. He's over six foot. He probably weighs about two hundred twenty five, two hundred thirty pounds. Um, you know, they they like to spread the ball out. They'll get in for me empty formations and then try to give the quarterback options to run. He's a tall, uh, lanky guy with some good speed. Uh, they like to throw the ball downfield, so we're going to have to cover the field vertically. And uh, their offense will, will give us some fits. You know, defensively, uh, they're stout up front, and they have that big middle linebacker. So, you know, we're going to really have to be able to drive some guys off the ball and maintain pad leverage so that we can move the ball. And, and we're going to have to try to throw the ball some to, to spread them out because running right at them really isn't going to be much of an option. How's your, how's your health these days and uh, depth right now? Well, we're, we're healthy, which is good because depth-wise it is kind of low. You know, we, we're senior heavy with 13 seniors, and then we have about five juniors. And, you know, all of those guys are, are playing on Friday nights, and then we're able to spot play some sophomores here and there and, and get a couple of freshmen in on special teams. It just, you know, if anybody goes down, it, it's, we don't have much to pull off the sideline. We kind of have to maneuver guys that are already on the field and put them at second string in a different position. Any uh, JV or freshman activity this week? Yeah, our JV played Lake Arthur on Monday, and, uh, you know, Lake Arthur got the better of us. But I, actually, they had about five or six guys who were going to play on Friday night uh, playing in that game. But uh, ours was our freshman and uh and a few of our sophomores. So, you know, our guys, there were some bright spots in there. Just off, they were able to get over the top of us and score some touchdowns in a deep passing game. But, you know, there were some bright spots from our, our offensive line and our running backs in that game. So we, we kind of were happy about that for the future, for sure. There you go. Sugarcane Festival week, any uh, distractions there? You think you got them focused? Well, I, I tell you, we're having a good week of practice, probably our best two days in a row of practice we've had yet. And, we're challenging our guys to put that that string together all week, and uh, you know the only unfortunate thing is we don't have the kids don't have school Friday, and we play on Friday night, so that'll be a little different. But we've done that before, so I'm confident our kids will be ready. Very good. Uh, hot week uh, again. Uh, I'm sure you got kids uh, hydrating as much as possible. Could be pretty uh, hot at game time too. Yeah, absolutely. And yesterday we had to do kind of a modified thing where we put some linemen in the gym with shoulder pads on and skill positions had to be on the field with helmets on because of all of the, the heat regulations and and it wasn't until later in practice that we were able to suit up and, and all go out on the field so you know we're going to modify and do what we have to do to survive this heat and hopefully by game time friday it'll be a little bit cooler for us yeah, and of course, both teams uh, have to deal with the same heat issues. Uh, right, uh, right. I don't think Lake Arthur has a, a big indoor facility. But anyway, we uh, appreciate you joining us on these Wednesdays. We wish you the best of luck Friday night, and we'll look forward to talking to you next Wednesday. All right, thank you, guys. Have a great weekend. All coach, right, thanks too. so much. Good luck, Coach. Appreciate that. Yeah, it was interesting hearing him say that. Yeah, but I don't want to do it again. I know I got him on the schedule next year because it's a two-year uh, scheduling uh, home and away. But, uh, yeah, don't necessarily want to go through that again if I don't have to. Yeah, his dad was a fine athlete, too. I didn't realize 45 years when I think about it. 
uh, Artie's dad's a couple years, maybe three years younger than me, but uh, was a fine athlete at Chalmette High School. I think a terrific catcher, too, uh, in that regard. Uh, anyway, uh, Delcom uh, heads to Lake Arthur, and like you said, they're big. I wonder what they feed them down there. A lot of rice, I guess, uh, over in uh, Jeff Davis Parish. So, uh, And again, coming off a 13 to nothing victory, snapped Jennerette's uh, two-game winning streak, and uh, but still a tight ball game, uh, low-scoring game, thirteen to nothing. Uh, so we'll see what Delcom can do uh, as they tee it up Friday night at seven o'clock. Yeah, uh, his go-to man so far this year has been Jackson Wiggins. Uh, he's gained a hundred yards pretty much, I think, in all three of their games, and along with Parker LeBlanc, the quarterback. Uh, so uh, those uh, two young men have been uh, driving, uh, I guess, the 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 car for uh, the Delcom Panthers right now, and of course. Uh, Give applauds out to uh, Jackson that uh, his grandpa is a fine sponsor of our pocket guide in high-tech automotive. So uh, uh, Jim and Danette Wiggins, so a uh, little hats off to them. Absolutely, absolutely. Highland Baptist, uh, they had a tough one on Friday night, 22-13 to loss against St. John. Coach Rick Hudson uh, said to join us in just a bit. Yeah, and uh, they, they had a lead in that game too, Jeff, if my memory half, serves me uh, correctly. And uh, just uh, St. John, I know we broadcast, Kane Radio broadcast that game. It, uh, were there turnovers or just St. John would uh, took over the game, running game? Well, we'll hash it out with Coach Hudson here okay. in just a few minutes. That'd uh, be fun. But, uh, again, uh, we'll take that break, and we should be joined by Coach Rick Hudson coming up. After these, stay with us. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. It's festival week and the QT is your sugarcane festival, HQ. Thursday, it's Tommy G and Stormy Weather. Friday, the Cajun Company Band. Saturday, Swampland Revival. And on Sunday afternoon, the Bad Boys. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. Best ring prices in DeBerry. And don't forget, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880 or go to AnswerToPain.com A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. 
Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Wednesday, September 21st. And on the line with us is uh, head football coach Rick Hudson of the Highland uh, Baptist Bears. Good morning, coach, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Yes, uh, Coach, uh, a tough one uh, last Friday night uh, as you take on St. John of Plaquemine and, and uh, have a 13-7 to halftime lead, and then uh, it evaporated, and Highland, I should say Highland, loses to St. John by a score of 22-13. to Can you recap that game for us, please? Well, uh, I don't know if we just kind of ran out of gas in the second half, uh, but offensively we didn't perform very well, and, uh, had a lot of three and outs to start the second half, and they they got uh, some momentum going on their side of the ball uh, offensively, and um, you know they finally just wore us down and got a couple of touchdowns there in the second half, and uh, and that was the difference in the ball game. You know, you know, Saturday morning we talked about that seven, maybe seven and a half minute opening drive. Uh, even though you stopped them, kept them out of the end zone, uh, really kept that defense out on the field, and then, as you mentioned, a bunch of three and outs, and you could see a, a tiring there. It was, and you know, and, and the three and outs were just lack of execution on our part. It wasn't necessarily anything they were doing defensively. Um, you know, we think we had a, a screen that we should have had a first down on, and the, and the receiver made a, a bad cut instead of picking up the first down, and we ended up about three yards short and then didn't pick it up on the next play and had to punt, and uh had a couple of drop passes on third down that would have been first downs that would have given our you know given us some little better field position and also like you said give our defense uh, a little bit of a break. You know, again, some bright spots in there uh, and including uh, Parker Perry and uh, your special teams. Right, he did a good job of flipping the field a couple of times where it looked like they were going to get good field position and he. Uh, Got us a very good punt. I think he averaged uh, a little over 40 yards a punt the other night. But uh, like I said, in the end, I think the biggest difference in the ball game was we were unable to execute on offense uh, in the second half. Uh, Coach, uh, uh, with the game uh, coming up, you, you have a big game, and, and I'm sure that's a district game when you take on uh, Hanson Memorial uh, over here in New Iberia. Uh, and that's a Thursday night game, if my memory serves me correctly. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're playing tomorrow night. And uh, with Hanson Memorial, what will they bring to the table uh, uh, you have to prepare for both offensively and defensively? Well, uh, they've got a lot of team speed. Uh, had, had, and last year, they, you know, they kind of did have, had some of these same players. Uh, they got a little running back over there, Eugene Fulcard, who's been playing, I think, since he's an eighth grader. Uh, very good, very good uh, skill player, both offensively and defensively. Uh, and then the quarterback, Ethan Judis, has got a, a cannon for an arm, and they've got some weapons at receiver. So, uh, <coughs> excuse me. As much as I'm concerned about our execution on offense from last week, uh, I'm equally concerned with how we're going to defend them with our defense this year because, uh, like I said, they've got some weapons over there, and, and they do a great job of utilizing all their weapons with different ways of getting them the ball, screens, and jet sweeps and uh, they give you a variety of formations that we have to check to so uh and then it being a short week you know it's, it's been uh it's been a challenge so far for sure any uh 
improvements seen this week uh, in practice as far as that execution or you know doing it uh, yes, during uh, the practice? Yeah, we had a we had a we had a very good practice yesterday. Uh, looked looked a lot sharper than we did uh, the previous week. I think uh, you know we started at two and zero, and I know that's not a big record, but it's two and zero, and I think maybe we got a little bit complacent and maybe lost our focus just a just a bit, and probably didn't improve as much last week as we needed to. And sometimes, you know, you get a loss like that and you refocus yourself and, and realize you still got a lot of work to do. And, uh, and and also we get an offensive lineman back this week that we didn't have last week due to concussion protocol. So that helps too. And uh, like I said, so far we've had two good practices. Good to hear, good to hear. And, you know, I think I talked to Coach Martin about this um, either yesterday or Saturday's show, but you know how much more maybe you learn from a loss versus learning from a win well i I think it's just human nature and as coaches we try to you know avoid this happening to to our players and to obviously to us uh but you know you make a correction after a win and i think human nature says well yeah but it wasn't that bad because we won but uh you make a correction after a loss, and everybody kind of takes it a little more personally because they see the actual, you know, the the negative part of not doing something correctly. Gotcha. Before we let you go, uh, other sports at Highland? Any news uh, out of uh, the Bears camp there? Well, volleyball's got a short week this week uh, due to the the Sugar Cane Festival. They played uh, Monday and Tuesday. I believe we went one and one in that aspect, and then. Uh, Cross country is going to McNeese this week. Uh, I think for, uh, Lake Charles this week for the McNeese uh, Invitation. I think is the name of that meet. Real good. Again, uh, Thursday versus Friday. As far as uh, the fans, uh, anything they need to know? No, we just uh, anytime we have a home game on Sugar Cane Festival, uh, we try to go on Thursdays for a lot of different reasons. One of them, you know, the, the police department likes us to do that for security purposes because they're stretched pretty thin on Friday and Saturday. So. Uh, just, it'll be a it'll be a normal Friday night game on Thursday. There you go. <laughs> and, and and again, um, less distraction maybe. Uh, again, that day off Friday uh, uh, probably always better to get that game in on Thursdays if if you can. Well, well like I said, uh, I learned my lesson the first couple of years that when when I came to New Iberia, and so uh, first thing we do when we get our schedules for the previous or you know for the next the upcoming season is we look at sugarcane festival and where it is and if we're home that weekend we always tell the officials all right that's that's the thursday game we're going to take because everybody's asked to take one thursday night game yeah anyway so uh, you may as well do it then correct coach always a pleasure on these uh wednesdays uh that you join us uh, best of luck friday night and we'll check in with you again on wednesday good deal Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Yeah, good luck, Coach. Anyway, Jeff, of course, as Coach Hudson mentioned, they started off 2-0 and and two impressive wins for them and then run to into St. John at a home game. But this Thursday night game tomorrow night, that's the opening of district for the Bears. And I'm sure Coach Hudson would like to – start off with a win in, in that regard. Cause, it doesn't get any easier. Yeah, that's right. The following week, uh, Familiar Catholic comes to town, and as we were joking with Coach Martin yesterday, <laughs> they're, uh, they're the d- district champs in uh, 7-2-A as they've taken apart. They can win two districts. That's right. Catholic High, uh, Ascension Episcopal, and also Lorville, <laughs> and only giving up uh, 24 points between the three games, too. Uh, in the meantime, so uh, co- good luck to Coach Hudson and the Bears as a uh, – 
take on a pretty good uh, Hanson team this year too. I think I think they disposed of Delcom earlier this this year in, in uh, uh, a game and the second game in the second week uh, as Hanson uh, beat Delcom back uh, yeah, pretty forty five to thirty one, and that was in Delcom. So uh, no doubt about it, they're a, a good Class A team to be sure. Yeah, and Coach, uh, good luck to you. Uh, of course, uh, with all the distractions, even though it's a Thursday night game, you know, uh, as for 15-, 16-, and 17-year-olds, there's still distractions with the festival going on here in New Iberia. In fact, uh, it's distracting uh, right now. A lot of activity across the street. Uh, I mentioned this earlier that uh, parking is definitely reduced, so be prepared for that as uh, many of the uh, the Carnies are in town. Yes. Let's put it that way. Yes, uh, they are. They they are. Um, keep a little closer eye on the kids. And uh, but no, uh, they're, they're not. The rides aren't up, but they're parked. Yes. So uh, they're taking up space. And uh, f- so the sugar festival happening across the street from us here on Main Street, and uh, pretty much where the festival will be with rides and uh, fado do and bands and. Uh, a whole uh, lineup of things to do uh, over the weekend with the parades, too, coming down Main Street. Uh, I believe uh, Friday, Saturday, and children. Let's see. If they used to have farmers the boat parade. Farmers parade is back. No yeah. boat parade, but farmers uh, parade uh, Friday afternoon or late Friday afternoon, early Friday evening. And the children's parade Saturday morning. Queen's parade on Sunday afternoon. Earlier than uh, normal this year. Uh, and I think. The, the last year before the pandemic, they also kicked it off at noon. Really? The Queen's Parade? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you used to kick it off at 2 o'clock or approximately 2 o'clock. Correct. And uh, it stretched for a long ways, too. So, anyway, uh, Sugar Cane Festival weekend. Cane Radio ha- has a big ball game on uh, tomorrow night. Uh, or, just, excuse me, Friday night as the Yellow Jackets host Southside in a matchup. Uh, uh, of that regard so uh, we'll see and uh, i mentioned to jeff and we talked about it just some uh as Southside has a young a young female wide receiver so uh, it'd be interesting to see what she might do i think her name is hannah mutal caught a touchdown pass earlier this year so uh should be an interesting matchup for the yellow jackets too against Southside. and uh and as we talked uh, they were one of the teams that were thrown into select but uh, their appeal was granted, and I think they're going to remain in the non-select. And I, that, that's the one I definitely agree with uh, in the, that case uh, for all those that did appeal. And, and I, I have conviction now in uh, the noon kickoff for the royalty parade. They're calling it the royalty parade, not the Queen's Parade for what that's worth. Uh, but that'll be Sunday at noon and the Children's Parade at 10 and uh, – Again, the uh, Farmer's Parade begins at 6. Uh, and then the Berry Queen Candy Toss Parade to follow. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that, that has become something less. And again, there's been a two-year absence of the festival, but they were doing that at least three or four years prior. Yeah, uh, the Berry Queens yeah, do a lot for the community, too. Uh, no doubt. And uh, with regards to, uh, you know, the festival being uh, not uh, uh, having uh, uh activity for the past two years because of covid uh it seems that it just seems strange that there wasn't one and of course uh the uh gumbo cook-off follows a few weeks later yeah, too. two weeks later so uh, a lot of activity going on here in iberia parish in this city of new iberia so uh 
uh, come out and enjoy the festival, and uh, it'll be right here in downtown uh, New Iberia. The only thing that's going to create some grief is parking. Parking and You might in have the to heat. park, uh, uh, yeah, in the heat. You're right about that. So uh, we'll see how that's all going to turn out in the meantime. So uh, I'm going to ask people to avoid parking on private property. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm blocking driveways. How about mm-hmm. that one? So, again, now we, we enjoy the festivals. Uh, we know there's going to be some minor inconveniences, but overall it's it's a good time. Yeah, it really is. So uh, come and enjoy. It. Uh, don't create any issues. Uh, enjoy the festivities, and uh, it should be a nice time. Of course, as the weather will be a little warm, uh, so dress appropriately to, for this heat and all. And it should be in the 90s, too, for the weekend, I think. Huh? Yeah, we don't see any uh, relief uh, Sunday night and a Monday, and, you know, I thought about this. Uh, the last two gumbo cook-offs prior to the pandemic, it was hot as heck on Sunday, and then the cool front came in that night, and the next week was, you know, in the 70s. Uh, similar situation. We've got a cold front coming in Sunday afternoon. We might feel some relief Sunday afternoon, uh, but then uh, 67, the overnight low heading into Monday. Yeah, so uh, hopefully knock on wood. Uh, of course, no uh, rain anticipated to over the weekend, so no. it should be a fun time for all concerned. Dress appropriately, uh, hydrate appropriately. Yeah. Remember, alcohol is not necessarily a good source of hydration. No, I wouldn't say so either, <laughs> even though it, it would be... Uh, Balance it. Yeah, it, yeah, enjoy it in that regard. So, Anyway, Jeff, uh, uh, just before we take our, our next break here, uh, just... Uh, Looking at uh, some things from Major League Baseball, we talked about uh, uh, Aaron Judge. Uh, what more can you say uh, with he hitting number 60 last night? And uh, he's uh, in special company. There have only been nine, nine times 60 home runs have been hit in the Major League. Sammy Sosa didn't realize he had hit 60 home runs three times. I knew about the 66 and the 62 when he and McGuire were battling it out back in 98 and 99. And then... Uh, Early 2000s. Before yeah, he, he did it in 2001. That's yeah. right. He hit. And, of course, Barry Bonds in, uh, hitting his 73. And, of course, Maris uh, with 61 and 61. Ruth with 60 in uh, 27. And, of course, uh, our man Aaron Judge hitting his uh, 60th last night. And... Uh, uh, still, uh, you know, looking for a few more to break the record. Uh, uh, right now, uh, the greatest right-handed hitter, uh, home run hitter in the American League is Ruth and Maris were both left-handed swingers. So, uh, Judge has a little more work to do. Hopefully, uh, we can see him break that mark and uh, move on. So, uh, wow. And I think I think he's going to hit three or four more the way he's popping the ball right now. No he reason not to think five. so. No it's reason gonna, not to think. It's going to be when he's going to hit two in that game, one game. Uh, it, it'd be nice to see him hit 61 and 62 in the same game. So, uh, And before 154, I put a little asterisk on I, I did on notice, it. too, um, and it, I, I wasn't listening to audio. I think I was just listening to the radio. But uh, they kept showing a guy who looked a lot like Roger Maris. I'm sure it had to be Maris's son, the same haircut that his dad wore. So, yeah, I uh, want to say Kevin. I want to see two of his sons were at the game. Kevin, and I'm trying to think of the other son's name that were at the game uh, last night. Of course, 
I don't know if you've seen the movie 61 yet. No, but the Mantle jersey did come in, and I'm going to hopefully see it over the weekend. Maybe even tonight, uh, getting my booster shot. Today. Okay. Anyway, Roger Maris Jr. and Kevin Maris, uh, sons of the Roger Maris, uh, were both on hand in the Bronx where they, uh, they hit specifically marked balls now. And they did that with McGuire yes. and Sosa back in the day, too, when they were battling it out. And those mark balls don't know what they have on the ball. But, uh, you know, there is a difference. And they, and they probably don't want to announce what's on the ball so somebody yeah. doesn't try and copy Yeah, it. they've got people out there that do that. Anyway, uh, the, the difference, you know, the balls are basically built the same with the 108 stitches and all in the National League and the American League. But there is a difference between the two balls. The National League's markings are black and the American League markings are blue. Mm. And those are the, the only difference between the two balls. And other than the, uh, I think the, I don't think that, yeah, maybe the, I think it's the, the uh, presidents of each league signs has the ball, the signatures. I don't on think the there ball. are presidents anymore. Uh, there aren't. And they, they, they're, they're pretty much different leagues in name only, almost. You True. Know, the umpires, now yeah, cross all, all over. one league. That's right. And so I, I think maybe it's the commissioner's name that might be on the ball. Probably yeah. is uh, because for years it was the presence sure, of Bud Selig had something to do with that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you know, I just I can't believe the owners elected him commissioner, a former owner of a team. I just yeah, I don't know and, that. And that. And that the players' association didn't make more noise about that. That's right. That's right. In that regard. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our uh, next break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more along with uh, Today in Sports History, September 21st. Athletic field provides challenges that test the competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge and I need your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions, and you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. It's Festival Week, and the QT is your Sugarcane Festival HQ. Thursday, it's Tommy G and Stormy Weather. Friday, the Cajun Company Band. Saturday, Swampland Revival. And on Sunday afternoon, the Bad Boys. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main, across from McDonald's. Best drink prices in the Berry. And don't forget, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. 
Hi, this is Boxcar Badger, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes, and we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Rope. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big uh, hump day, Wednesday, September 21st. And, Jeff, uh, but, you know, we all know the Bills and the Chiefs are both 2-0 and and appear to be the class right now in the National Football League. Uh, but it's the only two teams that offer intrigue and uh, – and why I say that, because where it stands, there are five teams that are 0-2, and three of them made the playoffs last year. The Bengals, who reached the Super Bowl, the Titans, who were the number one seed, and the Raiders, who made a wild card. And why does it matter? Well, 27 teams started 0-2 in the last three years. None of them made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah that's, it's a tough uh, road to hoe after that. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Those three. Uh, three and, and, and sometimes... There's a reason you're 0 and 2, too. That's right. You know, it's, it's not just a matter of, well, we played uh, the soup, defending Super Bowl champ and the runner up uh, and lost those yeah. two games. It, and those three teams, along with the Panthers, the Falcons, have begin their uphill climb. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, anyway, uh, fantasy people, uh, just a little update. I know we used to do that a lot with uh, Coach when he was here. But uh, anyway, the top two uh, fantasy performers so far, Lamar Jackson, along with uh, Josh Allen, uh, quarterback for running backs, Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley, wide receiver ball, Stephen Diggs, what game, and Cooper Cup, what more can you say? Tight end Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, uh, the two best uh, tight ends right now. The Bills defense, along with the Buccaneers defense, of course, uh, helped by uh, three interceptions by Jameis Winston. And Ryan Seacup uh, is also uh, the best kicker in the league. And uh, it's uh, pretty much uh, where we are right now. Uh, Anyway, um, NFL. How's your fantasy team doing? uh, I won my week, lost the first week by a few points, but uh, won my my second week this year. And I sit in uh, fourth place right now in our 12-team league. You Uh, recently picked up Jimmy Garoppolo. And I did do that. I I was able to squeeze him in. Also, didn't have Eli Mitchell, but took his backup. And now he's going to be starting uh, a tailback for the 49ers. It looks like uh, uh, Erath native uh, Elijah Mitchell might be out for a while, too, with a knee injury. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it doesn't look good right now. So uh, I, I didn't miss him when we played them week one uh, right. i was happy to see him out but not not happy to see him out but yes I, justin, but I didn't miss him justin feels trying to perfect his uh, water slide there on the field after the game mm-hmm. i do believe anyway of the 18 active players who have won the mvp award only otani and mike trout have never won a playoff game can you believe that Anyway, Mike Trout, as long as he's been in the league, and when he's on, he might be the best player in Major League Baseball. But, but man, but he's I, so brittle. I, I say it says something, though, about the guy when you only get your team to the playoffs once, and they keep talking MVP, and I'm thinking, no, you, you gotta, you gotta win to be an MVP. And you know, as as great as he has been, uh, again. It, it says something. Yeah, it know, does. It it really does. And the it, three uh, playoff games you do get into, you lose them all. Yeah, you know? and not only that, but it just seems like he's always hurt. Yeah, uh, always. And but when he's on, heck, he's he's now one of the uh, the best uh, 
baseball players ever in the game. But, uh, gee, he's, he surely heard a lot, too, in that regard. Elsewhere, uh, today in sports history, Jeff, a lot of interesting little notations here. In 1934, the St. Louis Cardinals Dean Brothers shut out Brooklyn Dodgers in a doubleheader. Well, Dizzy wins a 13 to nothing game, throws a one-hitter. And Paul, with a 3 nothing win in the nightcap, threw a no-hitter. And they asked Dizzy, well, if I'd have known Paul would have thrown a no-hitter, I'd have thrown one, too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and he, Dizzy Dean, uh, we got a little bit more on him later I, on. I, my, my memories of Dizzy Dean, early Monday night baseball. Yes, yes. And he uh, he and Pee Wee Reese mm. uh, were together on CBS back in the weekends on Saturday. It seems, seems like they always had the blasted Yankees on TV back then. Uh, All the equipment was in New York. and uh, It's true. And his, uh, his big sponsor was Falstaff Beer. There you go. Go, go, go for Falstaff. That's my big was the uh, headline. Harry Carey, too, early on in his White Sox career. Uh-huh. Uh, l- l- you know, obviously, he was with the Cardinals uh, through much of the 50s and 60s, uh, a stint in Oakland. But when he came to Chicago in 71, I think, uh, he was a big pitch man for Falstaff. Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, but I think he, uh, he he turned back to Bud, I think, when uh, – I think when the the uh, Cubs uh, brought in Budweiser, it was a big sponsor, too. Cub fan, Bud man. That's right. Yeah. That's right. In 1955, on this date, in his last fight, undefeated world heavyweight boxing champion Rocky Marciano KO's light heavyweight Archie Moore in the ninth round at Yankee Stadium. In 56, the Yankees set a dubious uh, major league uh, record while stranding 20 on base. Can you believe that? 20 men they strand on base in a nine-inning game. It also, uh, Mickey Mantle hits his 500-plus homer, meaning not his 500th homer, but he went over 500 feet uh, uh, against rival the Red Sox in uh, a 13-9 win at Fenway Park. Elsewhere in 1969, uh, Jet, New York Jet Steve O'Neill uh, hits a record punt of 98 yards against the Denver Broncos. So it went from the one to the one or maybe one into the end zone, uh, two into the end zone. Not sure about that. 1970, the Oakland A's and Louisiana native from Mansfield, Vita Blue, no hits the Minnesota Twins, 6 nothing. I can still hear Kirk Gotti saying, in his senior year in high school at Mansfield, he threw for a 35 touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only thing Kirk Gotti knew about him from high school. Anyway, elsewhere in 1982, pitiful, 2,251 turned out to see the Expos play the Mets at Shea Stadium. Wow. In 1982 also, Boy, just a sad day. The 57-day player strike began in the NFL uh, on this date, 1982. In 83, uh, speaking of Shea Stadium, I was at the largest attended game in 83. Uh, the, the Cubs happened to be in New York when I was there, and uh, 37,000, it was a tote bag day. Oh. And that apparently brought them out. Uh, we walked up to the will call window, said, you got anything decent? Third row. Hello. Behind uh, the third base dugout. And, and we got a tote bag. 20 oh, bucks for the ticket? I, I doubt it was 12. Really? Yeah, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, Today you go pay. And that was the year before both the Cubs and Mets uh, woke up. That's right. The Cubs and Mets. Uh, Cubs had a great year division. in 84. Yeah, won the division. Uh, the Mets were right behind them. And the Mets and Cardinals the next year. Um, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, in 1985, Michael Spinks beats Larry Holmes in 15 to become the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. 
again, in 1990, Major League Baseball Commissioner Faye Vincent turns down the Chicago White Sox bid to reinstate 68-year-old Minnie Minosa, trying to get him a one last at bat as he pinch hit, I think, in, uh, was it sometime in the uh, 80s and yeah. uh, 70s, too, for yeah. Minnie Minosa. Th- that way, he had played in five decades or something to that effect, and they right. were trying to uh, get him there. I don't see how... I know it was a stunt. Of course it was a stunt. But still, how do you stop a team from letting a guy suit up? Yeah, I think it was the Eddie DeGal. Yeah. <laughs> that was done uh, anyway back in 1950. Elsewhere, in 1991, the United States basketball announces the Dream Team. Of course, uh, no more to be said about the 92 uh, Olympics when the Dream Team routed everybody. The players from the other teams were looking for autographs after the game with the 12 members of that team. Elsewhere, in 2008, in the final home game is played at Yankee Stadium, the house that Ruth built against the Baltimore Orioles. Of course, they uh, opened up the new stadium in 2009 and won the World Series the first say, year. Kind of sad that they didn't make the playoffs the last year of Yankee Stadium. Not not that I was a, any kind of Yankee fan then, but kind of a shame the stadium didn't get to go out in that kind of glory. But then, as you mentioned, uh, the next year the new stadium opens up and Joe Girardi um, wins the World Series. With That's him. right. That is correct, too. The Yankees win. And that was the second time that was done. The St. Louis Cardinals did it three years earlier. Uh, when they opened up their new stadium and won the World Series, beating back the uh, Tigers. True. Anyway, elsewhere, birthdays today in 1942, born on this date, Sudden Sam McDowell, a pitcher with the Cleveland uh, Indians, a six-time All-Star, and led the AL in strikeouts uh, five times on this date. Uh, also born in 1951, New Iberian native and Hall of Fame jockey Eddie Delahousie. Uh, winner of the Kentucky Derby in 82 and 83 aboard Gata Del Sol and Sonny's Halo. Uh, happy birthday, Eddie. Don't know uh, if he's moved back to town or not. I know he was living out in California for a while. Uh, but happy birthday to Eddie Delahousie today. 1956, born on this day, Jack Givens, that softball from Kentucky who pumped in 41 points against Duke in the national championship game in 78, earning the MVP of that title game. And born on this date, uh, 1963, Cecil Fielder, baseball infielder, three-time All-Star, two-time AL home run leader, uh, uh, the Tigers, and played in the World Series with the Braves in 96, born in Los Angeles. And also born on this date, 1977, former LSU pitcher on the national championship team in 2000, Brian Tillett, who also pitched in the major leagues with the Blue Jays and two others, born in Midwest City, Oklahoma. And the quote of the day, of course, we got to keep old Diz in here. And uh, he, I looked at man, he had some famous quotes, but this one was pretty good. Typical Dizzy Dean. The good Lord was good to me. He gave me a strong body, a good right arm, and a weak mind. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Diz. And of course, Diz had the famous uh, uh, newspaper headline back in the 34 World Series when he was sliding into second base to break up a double play. The relay hit him in the head, and Dean goes down, and the next day, the headline in the uh, paper was x-ray showed uh, dean's head nothing <laughs> mm-hmm. there probably was a reason he had the nickname dizzy <laughs> and he, they, his brother a lot believe it or not was called daffy yeah. uh, dizzy and daffy dean and uh, of course the dean brothers uh 
uh, won the World Series in 34, but they won 49 games between them. Uh, this says, I'll win uh, 30, and, and Paul, you go ahead and take, keep, keep up the rest. They, they made a comment they'd win 50 games with the Cardinals that year, but 30 and 19, 49, pretty accurate. No, pretty good there. Yep. No anyway, uh, that's it today in sports history, Jeff. I don't know if you have any more breaking headlines. No, I didn't see anything of note, but certainly do want to thank our guests today, Artie Lauza from Delcom and Highland Baptist's Rick Hudson tomorrow. Josh Lehrman uh, scheduled to join us, and Carol Olivier from Acadiana Christian School. So, again, we'll look forward to that uh, tomorrow. In the meantime, do want to thank our sponsors, by Sports, brought to you in part by the Headache and Pain Center on Jefferson Terrace, Swing Insurance, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Quarter Tavern, L.A. Classic Roofing, and our latest sponsor, Jacob Landry, candidate for State Rep District 49. Again, that election next October, not this fall, but next October. We will send it to news, brought to us by David Funeral Homes, and then uh, Lee Kay and the Breakfast Club continue on after it. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash.